Welcome to Rain Christian Church Audio Sermons. Thank you for tuning in. May you be blessed. Morning. Are you well? Good, good, good. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome, awesome God. Benya, you bear. Good. Thank you, Father. Let's just close our eyes. Father, I thank you that we can know that you are awesome, that you are great, great God. And Father, this morning we just want to bow before you and declare that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, every situation in our lives we bring before you this morning, and we know that you are above that. And Father, because you are above that, you say that we are seated with you in heavenly places on the right hand of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that we are even above our own problems. And Father, that this morning that we can look down over that, that we can look, yeah, look down over it and upon it, and that we can know that we've got power over it, Father God. Not because of who we are, but because of who is living within us. And Father, because of that, I thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we can know that we are part of your family, part of you and part of one another. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Woo! We uh, celebrated, what? when was it on Friday night? Um, Valentine's Day. Grace and Romance. We had Grace and Romance. Valentine's Day. And all the religious people freak out. <laughs> it's just so awesome to know that whatever we believe is born from love. Do you notice that? Whatever we believe as Christians were born from love. Because God himself is love and everything came from him. Now, when I was thinking about and, and, and praying and meditating about what to speak about today, it's, Lord, okay, it's now this week, is now the week of love and Friday, it's, it's all to do with love. And, and then I came to a topic in my spirit and I know I spoke about it in the past, way back, but I know it's a topic that people don't really speak about at church. And that is to learn to love yourself. We don't hear many sermons about that. Instead, we hear the opposite. We hear about how can you say that you are glorious and that you are awesome because the Bible says that you are a sinful person and you come short of the glory of God and you are born in sin and you sin. It's like, yeah, that's true up to a point in my life. But the moment I got saved, the moment I was born again, I stepped out of that domain of darkness and I stepped into the kingdom of light and now the Bible calls me and you holy. He calls us perfect. He calls us and he says to us that all spiritual blessings have been poured out into you. He now calls us um, a, a, a son of God. So yes, it depends on where you want to focus. If you want to focus on the imperfection and sinful nature of man, there's enough scripture to back you up. You must just make sure on which line or which side of the line you are talking about. Because you cannot bring that theology into this side of the line. 
the moment you are saved. So keep that in mind. So when I say that we were, are allowed to love ourselves, I'm not talking about the obsessive love with oneself. I'm talking about a natural and healthy self-love. And, 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 and when I, when I, want, I almost want to say that when I look at any crowd, not this crowd, any crowd, most of the people battle to love themselves. We are bombarded with so many ideas of what we should look like. We are bombarded with so many ideas of what we're supposed to have. And then we look at ourselves and we don't look that way and we do not have what other people have. And then we value ourselves according to that. And because we don't owe up in our own value, we'd look down upon ourselves. So, let's start with this. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 it says, Oh yeah, I can look over here now. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. See, pastor, I told you, you cannot speak about self-love. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. Yeah, but there's a healthy self-love. And I've noticed that, that a lot of times that we allow God to move through us according to the value system that we have within us and how we value ourselves. We'll get to that. See, somebody once said, and I agree with this, this person said, it's interesting that that whole list of wrongdoings or wrong type of personalities, it starts off with lovers of, of themselves. And this person said that that is the sewage line the rest of that list flows from. Because they were lovers of themselves, they loved money. Why? Because I need to support this. And then you can go through the list. Proud. Abusive. Why? Because it's all about me and I'm the main kunain. But, but look at the end. And that's the key. It says, rather than lovers of God. See, and, 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 and that's the key. If we can come to a place where we can love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and He is the main focus in our life, then we need to love ourselves as well. See, and, and when I was preparing, I was thinking about love and, and what does it mean to love oneself? And in my mind, it only boiled down to one thing, and that is to value yourself. If you don't value yourself, you cannot love yourself. And I believe that our self-love is directly linked to the proportion of how you value yourself. And, 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 and I almost want to say that, that there's degrees of self-love. It depends on who you're with. But in some crowds, you value yourself more than in other crowds. That means in some crowds, you will love yourself more than in other crowds. In some crowds, you are more aware of your failures. And in other crowds, you are accepted for who you are. And that gives you a worth and then you feel, man, I'm content, I'm okay, I love myself because of them. And see, that's awesome to have people that loves you. And that brings out and pull out that, that portion of self-love. But, but what I've learned 
is that nobody can make me happy. Nobody can make me feel love. If it's not in here, they will temporarily make me happy and they will temporarily make me feel love. I've had so many times where, where couples would come and sit with me and say, you know what, I don't feel loved anymore by my partner. I, I'm, in the beginning, he or she made me happy, I'm not happy anymore. It's not the partner's responsibility to make you feel happy. It's not her, his or her responsibility to make you feel loved. It is something that needs to happen inside, and we're going to look at that today. How do I cultivate the self-love, a healthy self-love? Because it's awesome to know that my wife loves me, and she does. And she shows me and she tells me that. And it's awesome. Yeah, for start, yeah. But there's times that I'm not with her that I, need so, that I still need to feel it. Because I need to carry that into the presence of other people. And, and, and that can only happen if it's from here, from within. Even the days when she's cross with me, I need to feel that, you know what, I'm still worth something. That, that, that what she is experiencing will not negatively affect me permanently. You hear what I'm saying? Because sometimes other person's feelings can permanently affect us because it gets in here. And then we believe the lie and we start living from the lie. So we've got that foundation now. When I talk about self-love, I'm talking about the love in your life that nobody can give you and therefore nobody can take it away. It is the knowing that you are worth something. We will now see where that worth comes from but that you will know that you are worth something, and because you are worthy, because you are worth something, you can love yourself. Because I'm something. You might not think so, but I think so. <laughs> Good. Gold. Toxic effect of negative self-talk. And I think this is all of us in the room. They say that about 90% of information that you receive per day is self-talk. Now, how do you talk to yourself? Oh, look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> How do you talk to yourself? Because that's the information that you will get. 90% of information. And then they say that 90% of the self-talk that you have is destructive. So that makes only 10% useful. Now, that 10% is positive things you're saying about you, yourself, and then also negative things that you recognize that you need to change because we all need to change certain things in our lives. So not everything we recognize that is negative is destructive. But the problem is only 10% is positive, negative information. I don't know how to say it. Not destructive. So we really need to falter and find a way to organize ourselves. To. How do we talk to one another? Now, I remember in Mark 11, Jesus came to a fig tree out of season, looked at the tree, there was no fruit at it, and he cursed the tree. And then the following day, they walked past it, and the disciples saw that the tree died. And it's like, Rabbi, look at this. The tree that you cursed yesterday died. And then it's interesting, he says, if you believe in God, everything is possible. And then he talks about the whole thing about the, 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 the mountain that you can throw in the sea. So they were definitely in Hermanus at that stage. But yeah. Um, 
So it was, he spoke, and he cursed it, and the tree died. John 8, verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and you will, and your will is to do your father's desire. Where am I now? He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies. He speak out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. He says two things about Satan. He says that he's a murderer from the beginning. So what is his prime motivation and goal with you? He wants to kill you. No doubt about it. How does he do, go about to do that? By lies. There's power in the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. So Jesus cursed the tree. It died. Proverbs says that there's power in the tongue. Whatever I say will affect me. I will eat the fruit of it. And then Jesus says that Satan is the father of lie and he wants to destroy us. We've learned on Wednesday that God speaks into our minds and that's how we hear his voice, one of the ways. So that means that a lot of times our thoughts are either God or also from the evil one. Our self-talk then always, or not always, but most of the time when it's negative, will be influenced by the evil one. And the, the problem is the moment we start believing the lie, we empower the liar. See, the moment that you start agreeing with the lie, you will pick the fruit of it. The moment we are starting to agree with a negative self-talk and we start associating ourselves with it, we become it. And the problem with that is, is that you failed once in your life and now Satan will tell you that you are a failure. It's two different things. It's the same with you've sinned and now Satan will tell you you are a sinner. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God who made a mess up. I sin. So it's so important to look at our mindset and to turn it around and we need to actively take control of our mindset. So the moment things starting, when the moment you're starting to say negative things, especially things like always, I'm always a failure, stop it. And say, I'm not always a failure, but this time I did fail. So it doesn't help that you're lying to yourself because <laughs> only you know that you're talking the truth to yourself or not. But the truth is, I, I did fail in this. I did not succeed. But I'm definitely not a failure. I am always slow. No, I'm not, now I'm slow. Stop that thing about the always and bring it to the moment. So, yeah, take action of, of your thought patterns. Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. These things, is uh, uh, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus said that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. That was the Old Testament. And Je Jesus added in Mark 12, with all your strength. He added that. So it's more than a philosophic idea that we need to love God. It needs to come from us and we should do it purposefully and with strength. We should love him.
And then he says something interesting. He says, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you understand what huge principle that is? Because what that principle is saying, to love your neighbor as yourself, that you cannot love your neighbor more than yourself. Because the only measurement that you have about love is locked up inside of you. So, and, and, and most of our actions that flows toward people is how we handle ourselves. We think we handle people better than ourselves, but in fact, we can only handle them the way we handle ourselves. So the important thing when it comes to love is moi. How do I love myself? Because that will influence the way I love people. But I definitely believe that it will also influence the way that I love God. Because how can I love him in a way I do not even understand? We are so nicely religious that we will not tell God what we tell ourselves. We filter that. But we handle him exactly the same. We throw tantrums. We just tone it down. But it's exactly the same. So that we should love him with everything that is within us. Doesn't that mean that we should love ourselves with everything that is within us? That's why you are programmed to protect your own life. You are programmed to protect the life that is within you that God gave you because he said you should love me with all, my, with all your mind, all your heart, with all your strength, uh, with, yeah, with, with spirit and with all your strength. And, and now it comes that, that that center of love that is within you is a protection with all your strength. Protect yourself. Why? Because there's a... a Something inwoven into us that we should love ourselves. Now think of this. God is love. Remember Genesis, God created man and wife, husband and wife, and, and, and man and woman. And, and do you really think that he was lonely? I don't think so. He was in perfect communion with himself. He was definitely not alone. And, and, and when I was thinking about that this week, it's like, but that means that if God is love, that God is in perfect love harmony with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That there's a perfection in love within them. And then the Bible comes and it says that he created us according to his image and his likeness. So God created man with the ability to love perfect. And we need to cultivate that. We need to grow that. Not into a place where we are more important than others. Where we think I am more important. No, it's about servanthood. I know who I am in the eyes of God. I know who I am in the eyes of Scripture. And because of that I value myself. But I do not value myself to the point why I elevate myself above somebody else. Because I've called to a place where I can serve. Go and look at Ephesians, where it talks about Jesus, the head of the church, and, and, and the husband, the head of the wife, and the harmony that is there. Not the way we made it, where we made the husband the head of the house so that we can order around. That's definitely not what that portion is saying. He said that... that as Christ is the head of a church. And then he talks about the whole portion. He talks about giving himself to the church because he loved the church. He gave himself up. And husbands, you can only become 
the head if you are willing to sacrifice yourself through love for your wife. The moment you do that, you deserve the title of headship. If you are not willing to serve, there is no love and you are not the head of the house. I remember I spoke to a bunch of farmers in the Northern Cape about this, which was a difficult topic. And I remember afterwards, I, one of the farmers came to me and, and at a farm attack where they shot him three times in the back where he shielded his wife, where they wanted to shoot her. And he threw himself in in front of the guy to shield his wife. Twice, the first two times, it were, the, the bullets were supposed to hit his vitals. God stopped the bullet in his flesh. It never penetrated the vitals. The third time he did that to protect his wife, the, the, there was no vitals in the way of the bullet and the bullet went through. That is love. When we come to a place where Jesus says there's no greater love than, he, than him when he gives uh, than a friend that gives his life to another friend. And that is what that portion is talking about, about headship as Jesus is the head. How was he the head? He gave his life. He came to a place of love to serve, not a place of love for elevating itself, cultivating self-love. <sighs> Practice good self-care. Now, this is not a revelation. This is practical today. Okay, let's get practical. How do you cultivate self-care? Man, brush your teeth. Make sure you eat healthy. Make sure you practice this body that God gave you and exercise it so that you can keep it healthy. That's part of it. <laughs> so exercise self-care in the physical. But you know what I've learned is that we as Christians a lot of times want to make time with God, which is, I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, it should happen. We need to make time to spend with God. And I know in our schedule a lot of times it's difficult to do that and therefore the Bible says buy out the time, make sure that you do make time. But there's one principle that I found that we neglect the most. And that is time with yourself, where you do not go and sit with your husband or wife. N not where you go and sit with God. I'm talking about time where you take for yourself. Time where you go in and say, I'm going to have a cup of coffee with me, myself and I. And have conversations with yourself and ask yourself, me, where do you want to be in a year's time? Me? How can I improve you? And, and have that positive conversation with yourself and where you can learn who you are. Because sometimes we get so busy that we even lose ourselves. The problem is that directly, in fact, uh, 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 directly have a proportional um, effect to our relationships around us and our relationship towards God. Because there's a lot of perception that then starts happening. The moment I start running around like a headless chicken, I lose connection here, and I lose connection here. And you know what is the vicious cycle? Because I lose connection here, and I lose connection there, because I lost connection inside, I start the mirrors from the outside start showing me what's happening, and it all's come back to more again, and I am just not good enough. And the vicious circle just grow bigger 
and bigger and bigger. And it started off with a simple practice, and that was to have a cup of coffee for five minutes with yourself, ten minutes with yourself in the morning before you even start going anywhere. Nobody ever leaves the house with their hair undone, not being dressed, but we all leave the house without preparing ourselves emotionally for the day and preparing our mindset before we leave our house. Why is that so? See, that is the most important things. It's, it's what's happening inside of me because that will carry me through the day. And, and, and I've said to, to, to Annette, when, was it, when, when Nathan, my son, was at school, I said, I can see how the school system prepare the kids mentally. And they teach them how to do interviews and all that, to go to, for job interviews, and they push them to get A's and, and to excel in, in the academics. But nobody looks after their, their own, uh, uh, the demeanor, how they carry themselves. And, and I'm telling you, when you sit in an interview, nobody even looks at the marks of your grades, of your subjects. They look at how do you carry yourself. And according to that, they will decide if they're going to appoint you or not. And if you don't believe in yourself, you sit like this. You can be the sharpest pencil when it comes to the, the academic world, but nobody will appoint you. And we need to learn how to carry ourselves worthy. Did you notice that, that, that the book of Hebrews says that we can go into the Holy of Holies of God the Father with boldness because of what Jesus did on the cross? Now, come on, people. If I can go into the presence of God with boldness, who is whoever person that I'm not allowed to stand in front of him with boldness? And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about value. I'm talking about worth. And I think it's about time that we start teaching our kids the worth and the value they have with the academic acceleration that they need. That they can carry what they have with boldness and that they can carry it with worth. But see, with that, we need to teach them as well to spend time with themselves. But we don't do that because we don't do it even ourselves. What's the spiritual Self-care. I've seen how people come to a place where the, as they grow spiritually, how they start changing in the natural. How certain things just start to fall off. And how they start to develop. How things in the natural start falling into place because things in the spiritual start falling into place and they're growing there. And, 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 and growing closer to God. There's a portion that's not here. And start growing closer to God. I'm going to bring it in here. There's in, in, in number, numbers, numbers 3313, 1333, 3313, where, remember when, when the 12 guys went out to go and have a look at Jericho and they came back and they said that, sure, this land is fruitful. This is a fruitful land. And it described how big the grapes were and how fruitful the land is, and, and, and just carried on, and everybody is excited. And then one peanut came and he says, Yeah, but do, do you see that that was the land of Nephil? 
and the giants are so big. And we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. See, the problem is they diminished themselves first. They never said God is not able to do it. They never said that. But it's like we cannot do it. Even though God can do it, we cannot do it. And they diminished themselves and they, they were right. They said, in our own eyes, we like grasshoppers. But then that falter becomes their own reality. And because of that, they now take that perception and they project it onto the giants and think by themselves, this is exactly how they see us as well. Because we see ourselves this way, this is how they see us. And we cannot do it. And it took how many years? 40 years for Israel to wander through a desert so that that whole generation can die, so that mindset can die, so that God can bring in a new generation with a new mindset into the promised land. You see how we can diminish ourselves to the point where we do not even step into the promise that God's got for us. And I, and I believe that that is a spiritual, a, uh, in, the, in the spirit, a very important key. When, when I was, uh, one, one day in my office, God asked me this question, do you believe that I can heal? I said, of course, yes, look at the scriptures. He says, do you believe that I can heal today? And I said, of course, yes, look at, look at all these guys. And he quoted their names. And then God asked, do you believe that I can heal through you? And I started crying because I did not believe that God could do it through me. And I first, it took me a long time to change that mindset where I've learned that it's not even about me. It's about who is within me and who I am within I am, he is in me and I am in him. It's not even about me. So, so it's about that whole thing of, of, of looking after ourselves in the natural, looking after ourselves in the spiritual. The second one is to forgive ourselves. To forgive ourselves. Because we can be so caught up with the past that we cannot go forward. And I want to tell you today, you are more than your past. And, and you can only sort this out with yourself if you spend time with yourself. You can only sort this one out if you start changing your self-talk to positive self-talk. Because if you're still in that loop of negative self-talk, you will never come to a place where you will be able to forgive yourself. Because you will always keep on telling yourself how bad you are. What loser you are. You are never good enough and you will always fall short. Because you measure yourself according to other people. And when they measure themselves against other people, they fall short. And the moment you realize that, then you feel even more bad because now I'm... Even a loser outloses me. Or I even outloses the loser. And it's a vicious circle that we are in. The second one, learn to recognize negative voices in your head. Learn to recognize. Take note of what you say to yourself. Make a plan. How are you going to turn that around? There's a guy, his name is Tony Robinson. 
It's interesting, he says, before he goes on stage, he's a motivational speaker, but man, he's like, use high energy stuff to get the people going. But there's three things how he said that he, how he prepares him before he goes on stage. He says the one is he spent three minutes before he goes on stage in a place of gratitude. He says, I'm grateful for this in my life. I'm grateful for this in my life. I'm grateful for this in my life. He says, and then, and then for three minutes, he goes into a place where he, where he prays, pray for his family and friends, where he takes it away from himself. Lord, bless them. Let them prosper. And he prays for them. And then what was the third one now? I can't even remember the third one because that wasn't that important. But when, when I looked at what he was saying, it was all biblical principles that he was actively doing before he went on stage. I think he grew quiet. He just sat there in silence, something like that. See, and it's, and it's again that time where we spend with ourselves so that we can sort out our mindset. And then the last one, and this is an important one. Remember I said that love is about value, how I value myself. There's two mirrors that we need to look at. Two true mirrors. The one mirror that we look at at the natural sometimes have a negative effect on us. The moment we see the person in the mirror, we don't like the person anymore. But there's two mirrors. James 1, 2, 3. James 1, verse 23. Talks about scripture as a mirror. And this, the scripture is, a, is, is so important in our lives when it comes to how do we view ourselves. Because I believe that scripture brings the truth in our lives. Where Satan comes and brings the lie, scripture is the one that brings the truth. Jesus is truth. Okay? So now I start to value myself according to scripture. Because I can promise you nowhere in Scripture the Bible says that you are a failure. Nowhere it says that you are, as a child of God, are sinful. Nowhere it says that you are a washout. Nowhere it says that you are imperfect. And it's so important to bring our mindset about who we are in line with Scripture. The second mirror. And I close with this, is God himself. Now hear this. God said, I will make human beings in our image and likeness. So when you look down upon yourself, you actually look down upon God. The same way you value yourself, you will value God even though you don't recognize it. Remember what we started off with? The way you love yourself is the way you love God. So the, the moment you say that I'm not valuable, the moment you say I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, you are actually saying that God is that because you were created in His likeness and in His image. He is your mirror. He is so successful. He just spoke and it was there. He's so creative. Go through your list of things that you think you're not. And I promise you, when you value yourself in terms of what God poured out into you, you are that. 
So start looking at yourself. Start valuing yourself according to these two mirrors. And next week we're going to look at different mirrors as well in the Bible. Because this took me on so many things when it comes to mirrors and things that are coming our way. So do not allow things that's coming your way from the outside, mirrors from the outside, people that's mirrors, reflect to you who you think you are. If it's not according to God and to Scripture. Do not look at the mirror, the natural one, and, and bring yourself to a place where you take yourself outside the mirror of who God is and what Scripture says you are. That makes sense? Learn this week. Go and sit still and come to a place where you can learn how to value yourself. But go and practice it. If you can't do it for five minutes a day, do it at least for ten minutes this week. Try to do it for ten minutes at once. Where you just go and sit still and say, Lord, thank you for valuing me. Thank you for all the gratitudes that I've got in my life. Name them. Thank you for friends and family that loves me, that's part of my life. Bless them. And Lord, thank you for who I am. Take me on a journey that I can learn and find out who I am because I got lost somewhere on this road. Father, I thank you that you are our daddy. Father, regardless of how we see ourselves, you still love us. You care about us. And Father, I pray today that we will, that the Holy Spirit, that you will stir in our hearts, that we will be able to run to you this week and say, Dad, here I am. Help me find out who I am. And Holy Spirit, I pray that, that you will coach us that you will take us to a place where we can learn who we are in you. And Father, I pray that wholeness that the Bible speaks of will manifest in our lives. That that fullness will manifest in our lives. To the glorification of your name and your name alone. Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.